We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. Show. I'm your host, Sir Carlo Navas, and with me today is producer, co-founder, Brian Goins. Woo! Let's go, baby! Joining us is our 2K coach, Frankie Garcia. <laughs> I wish you guys could see the video of that because Frankie's eyes were enormous. Also joining us today, newest contributor to Miami Heat beat Alex Solano of 790 The Ticket. I don't know how to top either of those, but... Woo! Lot, lots Let's of Ric go. Flair's going on here today. The Heat, like I told you guys. I need to hear yours next. Woo! There we go. Uh, there are probably people sleeping in my house, but it's okay. <laughs> I told you all last episode to not let go of the rope, that it was going to be Heat in five. It's always Heat in five. I'm not scared of Eric Bledsoe. I'm not scared of Brooke Lopez. I'm not scared of Chris Middleton if he's not possessed by Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan. I'm just not scared of him. Fouled out of the game. Bam Adebayo was put on him midway through the second quarter. Completely neutralized his ass. We didn't see any more of Chris Middleton until the end of the game because the Heat are like, you know what? We're going to put Bam and we're going to be able to switch every action and we're going to shut Chris Middleton down. We're going to make his life a living fucking hell. And that's what they did. And the Heat just upset the number one seed, a team that was on pace for 73 wins. In February, this team was rolling over people. And in the fucking middle of that, Miami was kicking their ass. Like, I I don't know, Alex, when the last time it felt this validating to be a fan. I wouldn't even say not even the last LeBron year. I would say the last time they won a championship is when it felt this good. Yeah, definitely 2013. Not being able to be in the stadium sucks. Like, I, I, want, I yeah. really want to say that because it's true, man. Like, how much fun... 
would games three and four had been, well, maybe not four, but game three and four have been like. <laughs> we would have won game four at home. No, seriously. It would have been a sweep. at home. Straight true. Yeah. Yeah. So true. But, but whatever. Like, this is still unbelievable. I and, and I think we talked about it last pod, but th- this is my favorite Heat team that I can remember. Maybe, maybe since the 06 team. Like, I get the LeBron years were, were great. Like, I, I, I get it. But. There's just something about this team, and maybe I'm, I'm being caught up in the moment, whatever, but I love this team, I think, more than any team that I, that I can remember watching. Seriously, like, that's how much I love this team. This is the most stereotypical heat culture team yes. in their existence. This but is, it is just this from 1 to 15, they ooze heat culture. Shout out to Late. Jimmy Butler is if you is if Udonis Haslam had all-star talent. That's the kind of player he is. He's just fucking balls to the wall. I need to get this win. What do I got to do? Got to guard the number one guy. All right. I got to pass uh, the ball today. To All rotate. right. I got to do tw- get 12 rebounds. All right. That's what he's going to do. I, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes! Whatever it takes! I... I think we got to give a lot of credit to Riley for the team building aspect of this. I know that we give Riley a lot of credit, but think about who Pat Riley is. Pat Riley is a guy that came up in the 80s and the 90s and is the architect of those hard-ass Nick teams and even that 2006 team. And I, I don't think we give him enough credit for as being as adaptable as he is. He had a, he had what, what we all thought at the time was going to be a generational big in the center in Hassan that kind of brought them back to old, you know, the old Riley kind of ways of, of Alonzo and, and Ewing. That's, that's what they, that's what they envisioned. And they very quickly pivoted and put together a team this year that is able to switch a lot. That is a lot of wings, a lot of shooting, a lot of passing, a lot of versatility. I mean, they're running almost all their sets through Bam. Like Bam is the one for much of the beginnings of quarters and everything. When, when their starters are on the floor, they're putting Bam on the elbow and he's basically dictating the, the offensive sets. And, and to have a center with all these shooters and all these versatile wings, that's a really modern team that, you know, I know that was a lot of Twitter kind of Riley Wash for a lot of years. And, you know, I don't even think it's the fact that he got Jimmy Butler without cap space, as amazing as that was, that we should give him all the credit for. It's what he's done after that. It's a, And we have to eat it, Frankie. Like, Miami Heapy has to eat it because those trades have absolutely what he envisioned. He, he, he flipped Justice Winslow for two wings that can play right now, that can switch, that can shoot, that can decision-make, that can alter shots. Uh, like, what, what, what he's done and created a modern NBA team is just like, I feel like we got to stop discounting Riley out. Got to stop. Absolutely. Um, I, I still have it as my header. Uh, the fact that he got another NBA team to take on Hassan Whiteside uh, it was the executive of the year wrapped up for me. The fact that he got another team to take Dion Waiters and James Johnson was another level. Like, he turned all this shit, like, yeah, he had to give up justice, and I'm one of Justice's biggest, fan, biggest fans, but he, he did the win-now move, and, uh, and this, te- this team was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I, thought, I didn't think second round, uh, they, like, I thought they'd have a shot against Milwaukee, but Dang, like to really beat them like this, the, the way dominated. they looked, they dominated. Gor- and look, Goron and Kelly are two of the biggest contributors that took their games to another level, uh, especially Kelly bringing all the, the drop defense, drop coverage, uh, making fucking Brooke Lopez his bitch. His and, uh, bitch. Capital B. And Goron, man, you, I can't say enough about Goron. He, the way he's, uh, he's evolved uh, throughout his years here in Miami, uh, becoming a much better shooter than he was back in Phoenix, uh, handling pace well, changing uh, directions, uh, running the offense. He's gotten better in so many ways. He had some clutch shots towards the end, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and there was one like fall, fall away uh, in the paint shot over Brooke Lopez. I, I don't know how it fell, but, and, and to Frankie's credit, I don't know how, how you forgot Tyler Hero though. Uh, like yeah. how, how many, and, and seriously, you were so talking about, how, you were talking about Kelly Olenek, so many white guys. How many on top of the fact that the Heat have this many white guys off the bench contributing, how many teams in the NBA have 
a Kelly Olynyk, essentially what the seventh, eighth guy off your bench, a 20 year old rookie who I, I tweeted out in a closeout second round game against the number one seed when your offense looks abysmal in the third quarter is keeping you afloat. Literally, he was single handedly keeping you afloat when your offense was stagnant. Your defense was playing fine. That probably had to do with the, the Bucks just being really bad. And, and, you, you had nothing going offensively with your starters pretty much the entire game. And it was a 20-year-old rookie. And your seventh or eighth guy, white guy, pony hair, pony hair, ponytail dude, in, in the words of, of Charles Barkley, keeping you afloat. How many teams have that? None. There's no, our our there's white no guys team. are so much better than their white guys. Yes, yes. There's no other team in the NBA that has that. Truly, there is no other team. And, and that's credit to, to what you guys are saying, to Pat Riley. Like, he envisioned that. And and how many how many people saw Jay Crowder being the the trade piece in the Justice Winslow trade? Nobody. Not Johnny. No, but not definitely me. not Johnny. Mediocre <laughs> shooter. He's going to regress in the next series. I'm ob- I'm contractually obligated to say that Jay Crowder is going to regress in the next series, uh, either against against Toronto or Boston. Not if it's against Boston. If it's against Boston, <laughs> he is going to elevate his game even further because there is only one thing Jay Crowder hates more than racist white fans and it's the Boston Celtics organization because that's where he encountered the most racist white fans. The embodiment of racist white fans. Right, right. So uh, I'm telling you if it's the Celtics, which uh, it's looking like it might be. and, And by the way, like the longer that series goes, it's not even the rest that Miami's going to get. And, and Jimmy Butler fell in the, on his wrist twice today. One of them was just a, a total dog shit play by, um, by, by Brooke Lopez. And then the other one was whatever, a, a weird Eric Bledsoe hustle. Um, but the longer layoff they have not only helps Jimmy Butler's wrist, but also it's what it's going to do is it's going to give Spolstra a lot more time to prepare. And I think that, you know, in a lot of ways, this playoff run is, is a reminder to the league you know, how good of a coach Eric Spolster is. And I know during 30 and 11, it was all like the thing pieces of Eric Spolster. But those are guys like Zach Lowe and, you know, like the smart basketball people that already know that Eric Spolster is one of the best coaches in the league. But just from a national perspective, you know, a lot of people talked a lot of shit like, oh, look at Spolster's playoff record without LeBron. It's not very good. He's only won one playoff series without him. Uh, and now they're eight and one. And they're they, they, the, what the Miami Heat have right now is they have a loaded fucking gun with bullets and they're pointing it right toward the championship. Like they are ready to go. They are loaded. They are threatening and they are not afraid to pull the trigger. And I, I got to be honest with you. I don't think a lot of us saw this happening. I think a lot of us on the show, um, we had been saying consistently that this is a second round team. And if they push the Bucks to six or seven games, we take that as a successful season. Um, what they have right now is just like, I didn't expect this at all. I love this found money. So they're ahead of schedule. We've been talking about the 2021 thing the whole time. And look at them now. They're, co- they're literally competing for a championship. <laughs> There's a gentleman sweep Christian Hernandez meme going on Twitter right now. <laughs> gentleman sweep. That's hilarious. It's um, great. Guys, we need that as an emote for a Discord it, channel. It is, which it's already an emote. It's hilarious. it's already by the way, listen, guys, if you haven't already joined our Discord server, uh, we're having a shit ton of fun in there. We're 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 talking during the whole games, we're talking all day. There's tons of heat fans from all over the world. So the, there's constant action going on in there. There's we had a couple people from Europe in there staying up late for the game. So there's uh there's a lot going on there. It's really fun. We have a lot of different channels. We're gonna throw that link in the description of this podcast. Uh so yeah. you know, make Shut sure up. that you look at the look at the description so you can get the, the link and we'll also be tweeting it out again because we're having a lot of fun. Yeah, shout out to Fiddlux. He stayed up till 4 a.m. to watch his heat one. Let's Israel. go, guys. Shout out to Brian M. Helped us get the Discord together. We're going to give you a proper shout out on Twitter. But, man, that guy, has, he's, a, he's like R. Kelly Olytic. You know what I mean? Kind of the unsung hero of Miami Heat beat the last month. Our what? Our unsung hero. Brian M., the guy who's helping with our, with our stream. I don't think you heard what next you said. Week. You said R. Kelly. R. Kelly Olytic. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? What's wrong? Robert Kelly is what you said. No, I said our Kenny, our Kelly Olenek. I didn't say Robert. Said it again. Sounded like R. Kelly. Sounded a little like R. Kelly. <laughs> What's going on here? 
<laughs> By the way, guys, next week, game one of the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, we are going to debut our Miami Heat live post-game show. We're going to drop that Twitch link in the description. Oh. We're going to have all your favorite Heat Beat members. Uh, we're going to have guests. We're going to have tons of fun. Uh, I'm really proud of how this stream came out. Uh, we, I've been working the kinks. I'm, and I'm, uh, we have a lot of cool stuff that's going on with it. I'm going to try to get Coach Tony on one of our next spots. Brian's going to commit to Coach Tony being on our stream, so that's going to be fun. We'll get... Maybe we'll have to yeah, I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't know about stream. I don't know if we'll do that, but... Uh, I'll okay. Listen, Adam. So, <laughs> Heat advanced to the Eastern Conference Finals. They've been there so many times as an organization, especially uh, since 2003. I think it's been eight times, uh, if I'm correct. And they're going to face the winner of the Buck of the of the Celtics or the Raptors. I'm kind of curious, guys. Who would you rather play? And I'll kind of I'll start with you, Frankie. Um, I've said it all along. Uh, give me the Raptors all day. Uh, Boston has scares me a lot more because uh, I think Kemba, as a point of attack guy, offensively he's he's a lot scarier. He can blow blow up for a lot more than than the other guys on Toronto. And you see Toronto struggling against Boston's length and, and athleticism. We played Toronto pretty well this year. Um, the only time they beat us was in the bubble when we were still trying to find ourselves there. And Boston, uh, they have wings for days. Jalen Brown is really good. Jason Tatum's really good. Uh, Brad Stevens is really good. They, they have a lot, a lot of things to throw at Miami and give them issues. Uh, Toronto, Toronto's a really good team. I respect them. Uh, and th- I'm not saying Miami would beat them. Uh, that would be a, like a six, seven game series either way. But yeah, I would definitely prefer to see in Toronto and, uh, and Pascal Siakam over Jason Tatum. I'm curious if you think that because you think that the Celtics have a better shot of defending Miami, or do you think that it's because they're going to struggle more offensively? I think, I think Miami will defend better against Toronto than they would against Boston. That's interesting. I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with anything Frankie said, and, and there's so much logic there. But after game four, seeing how, uh, how Milwaukee exploited the heat with just that small lineup, I, and, and I get Kemba. like Kemba's, Kemba's legit, right? But I think Miami's built to handle a team with, with wings. Like you, you saw that against Milwaukee. And... and and that's why I think Boston might be a better matchup. I mean, Nikaias is way smarter than me, so I, I defer to, to whatever Nikaias has to say. But I, I, I was afraid of Boston, but I, I don't know. Like, after, after beating the Bucks in five, I'm not afraid of any. Give me anybody. Just whatever. <laughs> no <laughs> not, fear. No, no joke. Like, I, cocky Heat fan, I'm 100% back. 100%, 100% back. Yeah, it doesn't matter who you play. It doesn't matter anymore. Like, that's how good this team is in the bubble. We are welcoming in our statistician and pun master, Nikai's Duncan, fresh off an appearance on the Game Theory Podcast with Sam Vestini. Congratulations, sir. Excellent nice. appearance, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, very you surreal. It. Like, it's crazy the pod that I listen to like all the time. And I'm just like, oh, wait, my name is now in the, the bio of this pod. That's kind of crazy. I carried, by the way, you can listen. I, I'm a big fan of Vicini and Game Theory. You carried that pod. You were your usage was way high. You were you were Chris Middleton at the end of that fourth quarter. You were just getting all all, all you were, they were feeding you and you were going. You were scoring every bucket. Oh man, I did what I could, man. I did what I could. So I want to let you know what we're talking about. Talking about we're looking ahead already. Okay, we're, we're moving past the Bucks. We already kicked their ass. We're done with that. We're, we're kind of moving ahead to Toronto slash Boston as a potential matchup. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of wondering who you prefer. I kind of think I know your answer already. My thing has always been, I think the Raptors have a better chance of defending Miami because of OG's versatility. Uh, he, the Celtics don't really have a guy that they could put on Bam comfortably to kind of blow up those handoff actions the way that OG does and, and, and how Toronto has been really successful. But Toronto's offense, especially in the half court, is really mucky. And I think Miami... Uh, can do a bit of a better job at slowing them down than the Celtics. Kemba Walker is going to eat their lunch, as you would say. Uh, it's going to be really, really tough for them, especially Miami's guards, to kind of kind of shut that down a bit. So I'm kind of wondering where you stand on that matchup or if there's even that much of a difference that it matters. I'll add one more thing before Nikaias uh, responds, but uh, there was reported during the game yesterday that Gordon Hayward's back in the bubble and he looks likely that he'll play the next series if they make it to the next round. So, yeah, I think uh, 
don't think there's going to be much of an adjustment for G, but I think Heat fans should be rooting for Toronto for the rest of the series. Wow. Um, I am not fond of the Boston matchup really at all. Um, there, are, there are elements to like. Uh, I don't think Boston's bench is particularly strong. And as you mentioned, they don't have a real BAM defender. Like Daniel Tice is a good defender. But they don't have a switch. They don't really have a wing that they could comfortably put on Bam. I don't think you want to use Jason Tatum in that way. Um, Jalen Brown spent has spent a lot of um, the second round series guarding Pascal Siakam, so maybe you kind of give him that usage. But I don't know if that's the best way to use him either. Um, Toronto's half court offense is why you you take that matter if you're Miami because I, as you've seen with Giannis out, once Milwaukee was able to push the pace a little bit, Miami really struggled to hone in on the defensive end, and it's kind of, uh, I don't want to say exposed, because if you've been watching the Heat all year, you kind of know their point of attack defense has been bad. Um, they try to limit rim shots, but once you get into the paint, then you they've done a pretty bad job of defending those shots. So I think Toronto's your best bet. You can kind of play that drop, um, keep them out of the paint. There isn't a real one-on-one threat there that you're terrified of. Um, Pascal Siakam has been kind of shaky during his postseason run. Um, Kyle Lowry has done a better job over the last couple of games of kind of pushing the pace, pushing the tempo, kind of getting to the paint that way. But that's still relying on a lot of catch-and-shoot looks. There's no real one-on-one creator there that should scare you like a Jason Tatum would for Boston. So I think Toronto is still the better matchup. It'd be a monkey series, though. It'd be mm-hmm. it'd be a pretty it, – it would be not a very uh, fun aesthetic series to watch, I don't think, that one. A lot of zone. A lot of zone. <laughs> God, the zone. <laughs> so oh much zone, God. please, no. I mean, Nikaias, uh, we were talking earlier, like when the Heat decided to put Bam on Middleton and then he's able to kind of switch any screen that they want. And, and that really kind of put the kibosh on, on the damage that Middleton was doing to them early. Mm-hmm. And I, that's not something Miami's done very much. You know, they, they haven't really put them on like threes. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, he can switch onto them, but it it wasn't like, okay, we're, we're going to put Bam on, on this three-man and, and we're going to go from there. I'm, I'm kind of wondering if you think that's something that's hold. You think they might try that against the Celtic, maybe start him off on Jason Tatum early uh, or, or Jalen Brown or something like that? Uh, Honestly, I doubt it. Like, if it's me, I would just kind of cross-match from the start if we're going into the whole 2K coach thing, like I would just kind of make you make that adjustment, like attack the mismatch, get out of your normal offensive flow. But again, like Daniel Tice isn't a big offensive threat. Like he's a screener, he's a sealer. So I think that's a way to con- kind of conserve Bam on the on the defensive end. I'm pretty sure they're going to play this series straight. Like if they're going to cross match at all, it will be Jimmy Butler on Kimba and you kind of reconfigure from there. But other than that, I don't think we're going to see Bam on like Tatum or Bam on Jalen Brown until we get into like late fourth quarter situation. I don't know about you guys, but I feel so relieved right now. I mean, that that entire fourth quarter today and, and ever since the heat, I mean, when the second the heat went up 3-0, it's been it's been a little it's been a little stressful. Right. So you, you want this young team. With a lot, they depend on a lot of young players to close this out. And we're even looking ahead. We were looking ahead up 3-0, even to finals matchups, right? We're like deciding if we want the Lakers or the Rockets. And, you know, kind of kind of even going through these matchups right now, talking about, talking about the Nikaias, it just feels like such a weight lifted off. I mean, I, I watched that game, Alex, entirely stressed out today. I, I was I was stressed. I just wanted it to end. I gotta be honest with you, it wasn't even fun. No, I think the fourth quarter was fun, but I'm I'm happy to be back in this situation. Like the big three run every game, regular season game was stressful. 100% excuse me, from start to finish was totally stressful. I'm happy to be back in this situ- in these situations. I'm a wreck. I'm losing sleep. I'm losing hair. Like I, I'll admit it, but I'm happy because it means Heat basketball is back. Cocky Heat fan is back. And and that's what's most important, right? Like we're back in these meaningful games. Basketball in September, a tradition (laughs) like no other. We're back in these meaningful games, and and like there's there's no feeling to describe it, man. Like there's absolutely no feeling to describe it. Tommy Tommy Tig, the Heat's uh uh uh, um studio host, radio guy. Right. I told him Heat and five, and he looked at me and he's like, "Man, like you must be smoking so much weed if you think Heat and five. I'm happy to go back there and fucking yell at Tommy Tig and Tom. I told you. I told always you. Always heat and five. You didn't have the guts, and it's always heat and five. 
Always eating five. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are back in the NFL. Watch NFLSundayTicket.tv. You could stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite device. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. You've counted on restaurants all your life. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings the food that you've been craving right to your door. Ordering is really easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and the food will be safely delivered outside your door with a new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, the Cheesecake Factory, anything. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery as well. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on the way. Right now, our listeners get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order on $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and use promo code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you use the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget the code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Nikai's got heat and six, right? Yeah, I had heat and six. Well, Can't say I expected well. him to go up three games to nothing early on. <laughs> well. Let's go. Um, listen, I, I was watching, Frankie, I was, you were in the group chat. I was stressed out. Nikaias and I were like, this is over in the first quarter with the heat. Yeah, you, you cowards. You Yo, they didn't know how to score. What the fuck? You cowards. You were you what? were like the Russell Heat Twitter that was panicking after three after they lost game four. Oh, oh my ridiculous. God, we're going we're gonna to be the first team to lose after being I, up 3-0. Uh, no, Nikias, guys, man. Nikias was like, I know this is very on brand, but I'm calling this one. Yeah, like once they came out the way they did offensively, I'm just like, you know what? They they don't have that it. That was embarrassing. They don't have it. Like, yeah, it was just Jimmy comes out more aggressive, but like he's throwing the ball all over the place. <laughs> Gorn's getting beat all over the place. Chris Middleton's knocking down shots. Eric Bledsoe looks like an NBA player in a playoff game. <laughs> it was just like, you know what? But but he still didn't get a he still didn't get a field goal until like halfway through the third quarter, right? Like did, no, was his first field goal like halfway through the third quarter. You're so right though. Like they came out terrible, but we're down ten. It was twenty one eleven at one point. Divincenzo has I think nine points, and Wesley Matthews has six points. Like that's not sustainable. It's just not. Like that's why when they I, put Pat Connaughton in the game, I was so happy. <laughs> I was like, yes, Pat Connaughton minutes. Let's go, baby. We're I back. Did. I don't understand what Bud was doing with that. Yo, man. Coach Bud strikes again. All series long. Like, what about what, the challenge? What about the challenge? That, oh my that God! Coach what Bud was calls? he thinking? That was the you know the the whole joke where every time a player gets a foul, they do the little replay thing. That was the most prototypical. Give me the replay when it's so obvious. Like he, he his entire hand, Brooke Lopez's entire hand is on Jimmy Butler's face on the follow through after the block. He threw him down. He body checked him too. That was like a with flagrant the foul. Yeah. If yeah. They, they call that a flagrant foul, would anybody have objected? Just the first coach to challenge a call that wasn't strong enough for <laughs> against his team. Yeah. Go can we talk about? Oh yeah, let's call it a flagrant instead. They make it even worse. <laughs> let's talk about that Bam push off because Marvin Williams had Bam hooked. Oh, that was the other thing that bothered me. Speaking of Marvin Williams, um, there is breaking news on him. Did you guys see what, what happened? happened? No, what happened? He retired. Wait, what? What? The Heat retired Marvin Williams and got Nate McMillan fired? Yeah. We'll see you for the ages. Damn, Shout yo. 2014 Heat rumors. Yes. <laughs> no, the guys and I have been banging the table Marvin Williams for years. We were like, Matt, Marvin would be pretty good here. He would. Didn't the Heat? He would. Didn't the Heat yeah. end his run in in 2016? Well, like wasn't he wasn't he like uh, a very important player on the Hornets? Or am I am I confusing him with somebody else? I'm pretty sure like right. he was he was great for the Hornets, and the Heat absolutely shit on him the entire series in 2016 in that first round series. I remember that was great because it was it was him. Batum was supposed to be really, right. really great. Right. 
And it was really but Jeremy just, Lin was, it was a just star. The guards. It was just Jeremy Lin. Oh my and god, that's right. Again, of course. Yeah, Jeremy Lin is still getting foul calls from that series. <laughs> At least that he played so that series. At least he played that series. <laughs> not like the the 2013 with the Knicks. He sat out. Well, one of the all time great Alex, were you at that game when they ended Linsanity? Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, it was dude, one of the, the best moments of all time. All those sad freaking Nick fans in that building. There were so many of them. Oh my God. It was great. There is nothing like beating the Knicks at the AAA because you know, half the stadium is Knicks fans. Like there is nothing like it because the Knicks could be last in the NBA and they come in there with this cockiness like, oh, we're the Knicks. We're the, I mean, you know, everybody knows the fucking every, stupid every, Knicks. Everyone fans. knows yeah. New Yorkers. Yeah. It's just great. And they, my do favorite. This. Me- my favorite memory of that game is uh, Norris Cole ripping uh, Lynn, dunking it, and almost dying from landing on his back. <laughs> I was worried. I was concerned. I thought he was, I thought he was concussed. I thought they were going to have to bring out the stretcher. I was like, oh, my God. Chalmers, Chalmers and Cole played out of their minds that game defensively. Like, they were trying and to I, make a point. Like we're, personally. Yes, yes, yes. They were wearing the all-black jerseys, by the way. Like, they debuted the all-black jerseys that game, the funeral jerseys. I don't think they ever wore them again either. What a, what a fucking memory, man. I love when Heat, I love when the Heat end other people, end other coaches, end other players. It's just great. You know, enjoy retirement, Marvin. You were, you were almost a Heat player a bunch of times. And, uh, you know, we, we, we salute. I saw the joke going around Twitter that uh, because uh, Billy Donovan's not going to be picked up as the next head coach, and it's because he saw the they know the writings on the wall that Milwaukee's calling for Chris Paul in the middle of that game, like middle of that fourth quarter. Milwaukee's already putting up the call for Chris Paul. <laughs> they I mean, should, man. It it would, I, you know, like looking ahead to 2021 and all that stuff, and there's so much cap uncertainty and everything, but you know, just. To be able to get a win off Giannis and then to be able to walk in the room, I mean, and be like, you know what I mean? You don't even, what do you even have to pitch? Like you played against it. You saw the adjustments, how you were schemed and how Spolster is so great and everything. Like, I can't reiterate like how important this is just for them as a franchise, for everything that they've been through, for all those bad contracts, Dwayne leaving, Chris Bosch. I mean, remember how ugly that Chris Bosch saga got? Yeah, that was bad. I mean, that was a really bad public moment for the organization. And then right subsequently, Dwayne left and LeBron had left and they were pretty bare. And then 30 and 11, like this team has been through a lot since the last time they were in a conference finals and for them to come out on top before a lot of other teams have done so. Right. So like, you know, we joke about the Sixers and everything in the process. And, and I mean, the Heat are back in the conference finals before the Sixers. And the Heat are in much better shape going forward than the Sixers. You know, you're going to trust them going forward with their cap flexibility and, and with their front office. You know what I mean? Like, it, 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 That's what it proves, right? Like this proves that front office, um, uh, like the, the, the front office sustainability and, and, and that culture is, is real, right? Like it's more important than just having superstars or, or, or getting lucky and landing superstars. Like you need to have that that uh that that front office um stability. like stability right that's the word i'm looking for and, and you have that, a- that's that's more important really than than anything unless you unless you get lucky and get lebron but look the bucks have Giannis, and it hasn't hasn't gotten them anywhere you have organizational stability from and like you know for a coach to to be able to you know work things out like eric spolster has you know like he's had complete organizational backing and he was able to become this, you know what I mean? He didn't have to go through a bunch of teams. You know, he really has the support of the organization to try stuff, to do stuff. I mean, a lot of the stuff Spo does is weird. You know what I mean? Like, not everyone's Nick Nurse that in their first job to start doing weird shit. You know what I mean? Like, most coaches, I mean, look look at Bud. Bud played it straight, you know? But yeah, that's what most coaches do. Pop does that. Like, a lot of, a lot of coaches just play stuff straight. And for, for the Heat to have given... Spo like this room to grow and to become who he is. I think that's huge for, from the management to the to the coaching staffs to the players to having a guy like Udonis, the guys that are you're gonna love this. Having a guy like UD, you know, being a consistent voice in your locker room, even though he's not an assistant coach yet. Um, it's huge, man. It's it, it's listen, this is a this is a culture propagation hour. Yeah. So, We've earned this. Uh it like Spoke mentioned it before that he any other franchise would have fired him like two or three times already. Um, and it, it's a big thing because uh, how many times do you hear other organizations 
the front office and the coaching staff doesn't agree and they're they're doing stuff to spite each other pretty much and and they can't get on the same page you know i'm sure spo and and riley have disagreed over the years they have never let anything leak they never let anything show they they consistently back each other up they know we're aiming for the same thing to be a championship organization and we we both have to work together to do so to Frankie's point, I mean, we've we've had Leif on the podcast say multiple times there was a front office coaching um, rift between Pat and Spo. Um, it's kind of kind of all started around the time when they were trying to get Hassan Whiteside on the bench and they were trying to get Bam to the starting lineup. Um, obviously, they didn't. They're, Coach Spo really wanted Hassan gone like years ago, and they didn't get. They don't say because because <laughs> Riley really wanted to kind of make that Bam and Hassan tandem work. He thought for the longest time that they could play together and it was sustainable. Obviously, we knew it wasn't. Um, and, and it almost came to a point where it almost seemed like if the Heat weren't going to do anything, like, like to, the, to the point where they like, kind of tore down the roster, because look at the team now compared to the last couple of years. Like, there's hardly anybody on this team from those teams in the past. Thank look God. at their now closing lineup. Almost complete. Oren Dragic is the only guy that closed today that is, was here last year. Yeah, exactly. And so just to see, like, the roster that, that he has now, it's obviously handpicked by Spo. Like, all these guys on his team are people that Spo has handpicked himself, including Jimmy. That's why we're winning basketball games, guys. Jimmy had six field goals today? That's it? Crazy. Field goal attempts? Yeah. That's crazy. 17 points on six shots. Jesus Christ. And that, that wasn't even, like, a good Jimmy game. You know what I mean? 17, 10, 6, 65 67% from the field. Um, not, not even, not even a good Jimmy game. So, guys, I want to get into a couple, a couple things. First, let, let's get into Bam being named All Defensive Second Team. Uh, I got to be honest, Nikias, a bit of a surprise to me. Heat defense wasn't very good in the regular season, and while we know of Bam's ability, I think that they probably rewarded a, a guy, you know, on a better defensive team. So, really, really surprising, but really happy that Bam in his third year had that honor. Uh, I think Dwayne Wade is the last E player to do so when he was all defensive team when in 2005. I think uh, Whiteside got one, the, didn't he? I, I don't think Whiteside got no, like a second team. Or, uh, did he? Yeah, like 2016, I might have been. I'm gonna check, but yeah, Nikaias, like, was that something? Was that that something that surprised you that 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 they gave it to to Bam? Uh, I'm surprised that Bam made it as a forward. Like, if you were giving me the choice to pick two centers, I would have went Brooke Lopez on the first team and then Bam on the second team as a center. So oh, wow. Interesting. No yeah, Gobert. So yeah, I wouldn't have gone Gobert. Like, Gobert's been good, but he's been great on the defensive end. But I feel like Utah's defense did slip a bit. And at least a smidgen of that is on Gobert, not being his usual self. Um... But yeah, I'm I'm more surprised that Jimmy didn't make it than the fact that Bam did make it. Would you have gotten Jimmy over Bledsoe? Because that's what that was the complaint on Heat Twitter. Jimmy over Bledsoe? Yeah, that that was what people were saying. People were saying, even though I thought Beverly was the guy that probably oh, yeah. shouldn't have. Yeah, yeah, that's I would all say reputation. Like, Beverly is the guy you take off if you're going to take somebody off on the guard spot. Like I feel like Eric Bledsoe Bledsoe's was been great. fantastic. I did you I, I don't like it's just tough because you know the and it wasn't Jimmy and Bam that I mean I think Jimmy and Bam made the Heat like a moderately competitive defensive team because like their guard defense was so bad and Bam you know in that drop coverage there's a lot of responsibility on Bam when those guards get beat uh, really has to contain the drive and and by the way to to Bam's credit the Heat allowed the fewest field goal attempts in the restricted area this year uh, and that is 100% on Bam containing those dribble drives because Goran and Tyler and Nunn were getting beat all year long. Uh, and then Jimmy as well, when they would ISO, you know, and Jimmy would defend the best player on the other team, that, that's also on Jimmy to keep in front of the guys and to, you know, to be tough and competitive. And I think it's kind of funny how the Heat, you know, like on all the broadcasts, people are talking about the Heat as this like hard-nosed defensive team. And guys, don't you find that a little funny? Because it's like totally not who they've been all year. It's like they're a hard-nosed defensive culture, but like yeah. this year's team just hasn't lived up to that until the playoffs, oddly enough. 
And even that's then, the product of the switching or like, I mean, the switching defense is good. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the switching has kind of saved the defense, if anything, because as I mean, they still don't do particularly well against quick guards, which is why you know getting one of Kimber Walker or Kyle Lowry or slash Fred Van Fleet in the next round is going to be quite the test for them either way. But yeah, the switch the switching has definitely helped them keep things in front to kind of help flatten out some of those off ball actions that other teams like to run. Um, like that early drag stuff that Milwaukee likes to do, kind of in semi transition, they shut that down to kind of made Milwaukee go deeper in the clock, and that was with Giannis. Without Giannis, Milwaukee's obviously able to pick up the pace a little bit. But it's, I mean, it's really just a testament to Spo and a testament to the roster for adapting the way that it has. Um, we're just gonna have to see how productive they're gonna be in the next round. I kind of feel like they completely reinvented themselves um post trade. I think those two guys coming in, um they and I've written about this on heapy dot com. Uh they really went to a more switch heavy defense. And and it wasn't even just that. I mean, the guys are playing a lot more aggressively defensively. They're playing a lot harder. And even in the beginning, it didn't work and the numbers were not bearing out their way. Uh, the process was there. They, they were, they were still working stuff out. And I think, I think we underestimate how, how difficult it is working these things out on the fly. And of course the break in between the bubble and this, I'm sure helped. And the guys were able to review film and kind of go over some stuff tactically, but uh, the, they haven't had to face a Kemba Walker yet. So let's see how that goes. But I mean, a testament to them in the playoffs and even in the bubble in general where the defense was, was pretty largely good. Uh, real credit to them. Other one, thing I wanted to... Oh, go, one, go Alex. No, I mean, one superstar or one star at a time. Like they, they took on Giannis. They game plan for Giannis well. And, and, and if, you get, if you get Kemba, then they'll game plan for Kemba well, right? Like, I mean... I just don't see what they can do against Kemba. Like I, I just unless they're going to hard trap him and they're going to force him to make passes quick, which I think that eventually he'll be able to solve. I, I'm, you know, I'm just they can't switch everything, or maybe they can, but you know, you're you're going to put your you're going to compromise yourself, especially with Goron. You're going to be able to get him hunted, uh, and you know, like switching is not just a okay, you switch and it's fine. Like you got to do a hard switch, man. You got to really be you. You got to commit. You got to know. You got to know which off ball screens you're switching and which ones you're not. You got to know which matchups you're switching and which you're not. Because uh, you can like look at the Heat today. The Heat and <laughs> credit to Wes freaking Matthews. The Heat were having Jimmy Butler as a screener to screen for Dragic to force the switch to then whip the ball back to Jimmy so that he can get Wes Matthews off of him. So the Heat were running this weird action before so that they could get a switch and then have Jimmy not have Wes Matthews off him. They can isolate him on the wing. Like, credit to that guy. Uh, that guy, what a dog. Awesome series for that guy. Tip your hat to him. Like, he's, he's probably the one buck I respect today. That's going to be Marcus <laughs> Smart in the next series. Oh, God. Oh. <sighs> we're all groaning. I mean, it's, it's all of them. It's, it's him. It's Ananobi. It's just going to be annoying. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a mucky freaking conference finals. We're um, going to get flopping guards next series no matter what. Yes. <laughs> it's going to yes. be so many. Fucking it's going to be so many. So many fines. <laughs> oh, my goodness. If we thought we hated the officiating now, man. Just wait. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I saw a stat uh, that... The there was like eight missed calls on the Heat side, uh, and zero for the Bucks in the two minute report. I saw somebody tweeted that out after Game Four. That went on um, the Heat's way, or against yeah, the Heat's way? yeah, against, eight yeah. that went against the Heat that actually should not have counted in zero against the Bucks. Yeah, I I can't believe I can't believe the challenge uh, of, of Hero's block that spoke called actually was successful for Miami. Like given the way everything's gone <laughs> against Miami this series, and given the I way we flagrant two coming. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> like some I, I, that that was that was Jimmy was gonna one, get one of the craziest. Yeah, it was the, probably the craziest moment of that game. By the way, it was the good block. Yeah. I mean, by the way, like Hero was like completely on his back, totally confused by the whole thing. And credit to him for recovering, man. And Reggie Miller, today defensively, man. stupid Reggie Miller. I think like what what game is he? Yeah, watching? dude, what? he made me nervous because I was like, oh, like Nikias, would you say that today was was Tyler's best defensive effort of the season? Oh, I would say so. Like, I was very scared for him at the beginning of this game (laughs) because, like, he had 
even with the big shots that he had to end the game for, he had an absolutely awful game for. It was just a complete mess on both ends in game four. And then he comes out in game five and he's taking some early shots and missing them. Um, had some sloppy passes. I'm just like, okay, it's going to be one of these. On top of the heat just being tight. But he like he kind of reeled it in very quickly, hit some timely shots to stop runs or to continue runs for the heat. And as you mentioned, like he really competed on the defensive end. Like what didn't like allow too. himself to get switched out onto tougher matchups, like rotated well, helped on the glass. Like he did what you need him to do and he hit big shots on the other end. So he ended up saving that performance. It's just been a great postseason for him in general. Like he has exceeded my expectations in this postseason. Yeah, so something kind of funny happened during the game. So I've been, I've been running the Heat Twitter account. And uh, let's be honest, the Heat starters weren't very good for three quarters. Uh, maybe even for four quarters. You know, let's, let's, let's be real. It was, uh, it was a tough outing for the starters. And uh, I tweeted, Heat starters need to buy the bench drinks tonight. Absolutely bailing them out. And for some reason, listen, I, I try on that account. I'm sometimes tweeting analysis. I'm trying to be smart. I'm trying to be funny. I'm trying to do a lot. It's, it's a, listen, it's a tough ass. My hands cramp from all the tweeting. I got to be honest with you. My, like, my hands hurt after games because I'm like tweeting the whole game and I'm checking. I'm trying to do a good job here. I'm trying to get the fan base engaged. And for some reason, that's the only tweet that Dwayne freaking Wade found. Quote tweets it, says, it's a team sport, period. One team, period. Win or lose, period. They oh all have God. the same results, period. And I was like, now D-Wade, Wade's kind of mad at me. <laughs> and well, of all the tweets, of all the... So I, I try to respond with some analysis. I'm like, next man up. Credit to the guys who stayed ready. Olenek especially, comma, really hurt the Bucks drop coverage tonight. I was like, come on, like, something, something. I want to sound like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> That no, you slandered the stars. You should be ashamed of yourself. I know, dude. I, they were bad. Come on, Dwayne. Come on, dude. You know. I love we saw how, the same game. I love how you default to the most sports cliche of sports cliches. Next man up. <laughs> like you want you wanted to speak Wade's language. Like I wanted to appeal to him. I would never say next man up in any circumstance. <laughs> it was the safest thing to do for Gianni in that moment. He just did not want to further upset his idol. I said credit to the guys who stayed ready, which doesn't make sense because they play every game. So I don't even know what I was doing there. <laughs> Olenek, though. I give the Olenek drop coverage tidbit. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, yeah, you know, he knows what a drop is. No, okay, Olenek killing the drop. No, well, didn't like that tweet. So that's to hurt, you know? And that was when the game was kind of going awry. So, you know, to add insult to injury. Uh, Does he follow you guys? No, he doesn't. Oh, you're fucked. You're never getting that follow now. He's, you're never he's getting that to. He's only allowed to follow verified people, I heard. I heard wow. from a reliable source that because of the way the social media account works, he, he can only follow verified people. That makes sense. So, yeah. Should I, do the, should I do the five reasons sports to just like post on Instagram that Dwayne quote tweeted me? <laughs> that's, that's the move. Shout out to five on the floor. Uh, shout out to Alf's, Alf954's post-game streams. And uh, that's that's a lot of fun over there. So, what's it on your Snapchat? I, I don't have a Snapchat. I'm not a young person. Put it on the Discord. Put it on the Discord. That Discord. You know, it's funny. Like as we're setting up the Discord and the stream and everything, I, I go to the guy. I was like, you know, I, I wanted to be young, and he goes, "Man, you keep like mentioning it, wanting to be young. You makes you sound old." I feel like I'm kind of an old soul. Literally. Yeah, <laughs> I just I, I want things to be hip for the kids. What are the kids oh, using God. nowadays? The TikTok, the Twitch. I don't even Gianni's follow streamers. Gianni's going to do the WAP <laughs> to get the kids involved. Where's Ben Shapiro? <laughs> <laughs> you mean Jack? Oh, no. Oh, my God. We have, uh, we have Kendrick Perkins coming on tomorrow. Dude, this guy out of nowhere f- followed Hawk. He calls Hawk now during the quarters to talk to him about the game. He called... Perk? Kendrick Perkins is calling Hawk. Oh, Kendrick Perkins. I thought you I thought you met Chris Perkins. No. <laughs> I was like, I was like, <laughs> Kendrick Perkins. Kendrick Perkins he, on the show. <laughs> what? 
He calls Hawk during the games. I, we don't know. Like out of nowhere. This is so fucking funny. What what an odd couple. He fell in love. He fell in love with our show. And he wants to come on with us like after every heat win. And like we had to tell him like this is Look, great. Perk, we love you, Perk, but we can't have you on four times a week. Like fuck. Why not? <laughs> love it, Starwood. <laughs> no, I would lead it. I would lead it. Damn, you have to tell Perk no. Oh can, my god. Can Perk. we get Kendrick on? Perk was right. Maybe I'll, I'll see. I'll see if I can. Uh, I'll ask him if I can give you a uh, give you guys his number. Kendrick Perkins was right all along. It's crazy. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> Come we on, guys. We on, all Nikais. owe Perk an apology. No, we don't. Yeah, Absolutely we do. Not. We owe Perk an apology. Absolutely not. No. Yeah. If there's Man, one thing added, from the three hundred five. Added a bio. No. He's out of the bio. Get out of here, man. No, the of, way he said Bam's name fucking got those goons in Miami. Out of, out of the bayou. That's what out, out of the, the bayou. bayou. I that love my favorite part of your bar. montage. Nikaias, I love, I love that. Like you, you, you know, you come in with like this like amazing basketball analysis and, and then drag like screens on, on ESPN. All Kendrick Perkins is saying is them goons. Like that's it. That's, that's, <laughs> it. that's, that's, that's what I was like. No. <laughs> he's he, right <laughs> no he dropped the fabuloso though he dropped the fabuloso re- reference and i fucking ate that what shit. a king oh, yes i can't believe that he calls hawk i, I just i can't get my mind around that I'll that's send so you guys funny a, i'll send you guys a screenshot he texts hawk the entire game he called him twice after the first quarter <laughs> hawk answer after, <laughs> yes they have conversations oh that my god so you know why funny Kevin Garnett doesn't answer his calls anymore. <laughs> for sure. How? Why? Well, out of, I mean, Kendrick Perkins could probably call other None NBA players. None of the O8 Celtics talk to him, for sure. They're like, <laughs> wait, Jesus wait. Christ, bro. How does Mark Hawkman answer the phone when he picks it up? Does he go, uh, hi, it's Mark Hawkman? Hey, it's Mark Hawkman. No, <laughs> no, but but I'll definitely get back to you on that. I'll, 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 find, is, out, I'll find out how he's answering. I legit, when, when's, I need to listen to these Kendrick Perkins interviews out. I, I, now I, I, I want to. No, we don't. Did someone say playoffs, NBA and NHL are playing for gold and our partners Bet Online have you covered? Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. MLB season is pushing into fall and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures and props. So take advantage of the return of sports. And remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day, all night. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag.